0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your bad
1: shuttle. Hello. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the U.S.S. Forbender. I'm Captain Captain, Captain Janeway of the U.S.S. Forbender. Do Captain Captain... Welcome to The Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica.
0: I'm Ben Harrison. Sleep for 900 years. That sounds great.
1: God, doesn't it? That's so good. Oh, God, that sounds great. Low-key, the technology I want the most from Star Trek is cylindrical tube that I could go to sleep in for <laughs> decades or centuries and then just wake up in a new time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who wouldn't sign up for that? I mean, that's what people are doing when they sign up for cryo, right? Like, yeah, I think so. That's the promise of it. You get woken up and then you're just ahead.
0: Yeah. And they're like, oh, these silly diseases these people have are trivially easy for us to fix.
1: The disease of having a body? (laughs) (laughs) All of the science fiction depictions of this are always like, the people waking up are waking up to something better. Yeah. Like, where are the examples in science fiction of people waking up into something awful? Because on Star Trek, at least, it's very much a, like, $5 carnival guitar situation where, like, I could have as many carnival guitars as I want. (laughs) And the best martinis. Yeah. For the vitamins. Sounds great. I mean, I'd say this
0: episode we're about to start discussing is an example of it's worse for these people when they wake up. But, like...
1: But it's worse because these people are bad, right? Yeah. Do you
0: think that, um... (laughs) Given what happens to this dude's wife, you're still as in on sleepy tube. Like, if one of the risks is that you wake up and you look like a bunch of fucking joint compound just got poured into a tube,
1: <laughs> I have been working with joint compound a lot lately. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't wake. You wake up dead is what
1: <laughs> is what happens. This feels a lot like. Susie wanting a grave plot next to her husband and curb, right?
0: Even your best self, I'm not interested for eternity.
1: The hedge against that is same tube, right? Oh. There is a certain type of wife and a certain type of husband that would be like, let's just get in the same one. (laughs) We don't need a king bed. (laughs) The full is fine. (sighs) And then that's where they are. And then whatever happens to the tube happens to you both. These tubes are a lot like if you got the same brand of sleeping bag, you can just zip them together. I could never do that. It would be because it's too hot, right? The moments before you go to sleep, too hot. I would be awake for 800 years in one of these tubes. I could never go completely down. Even at cryogenic temperatures, too hot. Yeah. (laughs) I need more distance. I'm sticking my feet out from under so that the fan can be on them, you know? Please tell me your cryogenic tube has footholds. <laughs> I'm gonna need one of those. <laughs> no kidding, man. God, could you imagine how how warm your pillow gets if your head is on it for 800 years before flipping it over?
0: Oh my God. yeah. and then and then you find out that that last hundred years is just a hundred years. you know you know, you're like, fuck, I should have been flipping it over way more often. I know.
1: God. You know what? In the beginning, I thought this was a great idea, but now we've both revealed that it is awful. Cryo technology is bad. It's bad and uncomfortable.
0: That's why uh, this episode is sponsored by Casper Cryopods.
1: <laughs> yeah. They would be the first to market, huh? Yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: The direct-to-consumer cryopod sounds great. Yeah. comes right to your house, take it out of the box, and it
1: expands fill the space. They'd be fine with advertising on our show until one of the hosts became too greedy and ran them away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we'll never get invited to do cryo advertisements.
0: Yeah, that's certainly true. Um, (laughs) Well, as uh, aspirational as aspects of this episode were for me, there were other things. About these aliens of which I did
1: not approve, Adam. Do you mm. want to get into it? I really do, Ben. Let's get into Star Trek Voyager Season 6 Episode "Save On Dragon's Teeth. Revert course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes. I'm not turning around.
0: Barn. <laughs> Bombardment! They're bombarding a city.
1: Bombardment? I saw this city. I saw it in ruins. I wanted to know that Chris Brenner was safe. This looked like a Chris Brenner city to me The kind of place that he would like to hang out Somebody save the Channel 90 Tower
0: Uh, (laughs) I'm Chris Brenner Brenner Information Systems You know, Interface, Operations, Net Access, Channel 90
1: That Chris Brenner
0: (laughs) We cut to underground and uh, there's a I thought he was saying Jeez. I didn't catch, I think it's Jeeza is the guy's wife. Yeah. But every time he said her name, I thought he was like, Jeez, get over here. Like, <laughs> it's Gedrin and Jeeza are running around. Do
1: you think before this bombardment, Bombardment. Moments where she became upset, he'd be like telling his friends about an argument they had and, and he's like, God, Jeeza cries. <laughs> <laughs> A lot. (laughs) That was worth going
0: back for, right? Right. And then like, you know, he tells like a scary story about a time she almost got hit crossing the street and he was like, Jesus on the cross walk Mm -hmm.
1: really scared me. You know, I just get tired of eating reheated leftovers all the time. Jesus saves. (laughs) That's who I married. (laughs) Jesus not doing any of the saving here. It's mm. uh, what's his name? Gary? Gedrin. <laughs> <laughs> That's Gedrin's job. Yeah. And when they make it below the city into the biopods that are waiting for them, the pods are their only hope. Pods are their only hope. One would assume that they have already pre-discussed the Miriam issues with these pods, the hot pillow, the lack of footholds, etc. Mm. Right. But he's like, look, babe. It's just going to be five years. We can put up with a lot of shit for five years, am I right? <laughs> and Jesus, like, now is not the time to start yet another argument that could make me cry. <laughs> They're getting in, like he's had to disconnect
0: some of these biopods, but not theirs. Yeah.
1: Are they dead? I had no choice.
0: You got to be sure. It's really rugged what's going on. Like there's stuff falling from the ceiling later. These, these chambers are described as having been quote built to last unquote, but they're really getting rocked by whatever's happening up on the surface and they get in their pods
1: and, uh, asleep they go with what you learn about Gedrin later. When you think about this scene again, do you think Gedrin was Completely careful with his wife And the buttons and so forth Do you think there was any foul play here?
0: Oh, I don't know I would have liked a moment Where you see a rock like fall on
1: the panel Of her pod after he's already down I'm going to support my argument later Because I think there is clear evidence That <laughs> something fishy happened here
0: That Gedrin was uh, yeah. looking to unburden himself Yeah Wow.
1: That's not happiness to see me, is it? We unburden ourselves from the cold open and get the theme right after this, after which we're back with Voyager where it's on a kind of space log flume ride full of debris. We start in media hole. This thing is almost 800 years old, and uh, they pass a vessel going the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah
0: I did like that that vessel was like Flicking the brights at the Voyager
1: <laughs> Yeah Yeah there's a whole bunch of shit in this hole too Yeah
0: it's a mess in there Yeah They're not doing their regular clean outs They're not you know Opening up for the bidet
1: The Voyager didn't choose to be there either It accidentally slipped in Yeah And this hole is filthy Whoops <laughs> I didn't mean to go in this hole Can you find a way out? I don't
0: know Nobody believes you, Voyager. Yeah. That's a dirty trick.
1: Up on screen, they find a very uncomfortable alien. Yeah. Who looks like he had his loaf applied and then was antiqued in the jackass parlance. (laughs) You know? (laughs) This guy is not happy to see them. This underspace belongs to us. Janeway's like, look, we don't want to be here. And this was an accident. And he was like, yeah, right. Everyone wants to be here. This hole is great. People are trying to get into this hole left and right. People make up all kinds of reasons to be in here.
0: <laughs> you can't just slip yourself into my underspace. You need to ask.
1: Look at us. We bleached ourselves.
0: <laughs> so uh, he agrees to help them get out of the hole. And mm-hmm. what he does is uh, shoot some beam at their shields, which change the harmonics. And they, they slip out, and he follows them and tells them to prepare to be boarded so that he and his guys can come erase all of the records of what happened to Voyager from their database.
1: That's because the value of how far they've traveled is made clear here. 200 light years in five minutes really impresses Voyager, and Jane was like, we would like to get back on that ride. We're willing to go back to the line. And do it again <laughs> There's coffee in that underspace of yours And this guy is like Not only are you not invited back to the log flume You're gonna forget that the water park even existed
0: Yeah, and I mean this has got that kind of Haunted water park vibe to it Like they're not keeping sure. up on the maintenance On all the slides The water smells a little weird Yeah, maybe there's a cranky dad That's sabotaging some of the rides Who knows?
1: Look, I'm just another park visitor <laughs> Don't you love the smell of a water ride? That is one of my favorite parts of a water ride. (laughs) A mixture of muddy runoff from a nearby hill, human waste, suntan lotion, and gore from open wounds. Love that smell. Yeah, they don't get to
0: enjoy the smell because this turns into a dogfight and Voyager is trading shots with these guys and they're getting their ass kicked and they have to hightail it to a nearby planet That has been totally irradiated And they just kind of like Take a gamble On the idea that maybe these guys Shields won't be as good as ours
1: Pretty good gamble Because these guys fuck right off But when Voyager breaks Through the the cloud cover It is revealed that there is a Destroyed city below A destroyed city that looks familiar To anyone who watched the cold open (laughs) Yeah
0: Yeah it's like a destroyed version of that city from the cold open is what you're saying.
1: I am, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm doing this thing lately where I kind of like describe the premise of a joke you just did. I love it. It's kind of a new thing that I'm, I'm really into right now.
1: I fully support it. Okay, cool. I won't seem so random anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, they set down. Like We don't get the blue alert sequence, but they land the, the plane in the middle of this town. Yeah. The bad guys can't follow them. So uh, it's one of those things where you're going downtown and you're like a little stressed about it because you know that parking is kind of tricky down there. And like, despite the fact that like everybody in this civilization is dead, they can't find anything that's less than like $20 an hour. And like nobody validates. You don't
1: want to be super precious about your car because it's just a thing. (laughs) <laughs> but like no one wants to park in the completely destroyed part of the city <laughs> yeah. where a bunch of people have died, right? You're just
0: asking to get your door dinged,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. I read there was a lot of argument in the effects team about how big to make Voyager in relation to the buildings. Oh, that's interesting. Did you have a read on that when the Voyager finally lands? Like Because initially they were like, let's make Voyager look super tiny and the skyscrapers look big. But the argument that ended up winning out was, let's make Voyager look big. It's a fucking starship. Yeah. And when it lands, I like the sense of scale you get off of it. Like, Voyager next to a skyscraper? I think this works. I thought it worked pretty well. There's a line where Janeway's looking
0: at the ruins and we see them on the view screen and she's like,
1: This must have been a city of millions.
0: To me, that did not read as a million person settlement.
1: No. It looked like Fresno.
0: It did. And I mean, like that alone
1: makes them not want to park there. <laughs> I know. But they do. And the ships continue to circle overhead. Every time we
0: do a bit like that, Danny Butterwell texts us and, and expresses his umbrage.
1: <laughs> I see you, Danny. <laughs> Kim gets survivors on his panel. And Janeway's like, I'm going to go investigate with Seven and Tuvok. And so she does. And on the surface, they find these chambers just still humming away. Ben, what do you do when you find cryogenic chambers? What's the very, very first thing you need to do?
0: I think what I would probably do if I found cryogenic chambers is go up to the glass part and wipe away the dust with my, my palm.
1: You see in this scene that Tuvok kind of fingers the dustbuster because if Janeway doesn't do this right, <laughs> she goes directly to the brig.
0: Yeah, as chief of security, I think you're honor bound to kill your captain then and there.
1: Yeah, that frost wipes away nice. Yeah, it does. Very satisfying.
0: They're like, wow, there's like so many of these. Like, we got to look around. And Janeway and Tuvok walk away, and Seven is is just like. Opening up the tin of sardines without even asking
1: (laughs) As soon as the chamber opens You never see this sort of display from Seven of Nine But the thing like Slides back And a bunch of vapor goes into the air And Seven's like (laughs) 900 years of sleep farts (laughs) Emanate out of this thing Remind me to reacquaint you with way mission protocols
0: Oh, it is gnarly. It's really bad. I mean, that just happens every time Gedrin bangs his hands against the table.
1: Yeah. Of course, it's locked in. Do it. Listen to me very carefully because I'm only going to say this once. Do
0: it. So Gedrin wakes up and he's like, oh man, wow. Mm, five years. That is that is some great sleep. feels Feels real good. Can't wait to see what happened uh, with my wife. Let's open her up.
1: Which one is your wife's chamber? And Gedrin points over at like a refrigerator that's been duct taped shut. <laughs> <laughs> there is a sludge in there that makes it something they should never open, but they do. Yeah. And oh no, RSVP Gedren's wife. Yeah, and they all go, Jesus! And he's like, how did you know? Ben, this is the scene to me that betrays Gedrin's feelings because to Gedrin, he fell asleep moments ago with a wife that he quote-unquote loved. His read here, when, when it's revealed that she's dead, does not feel real at all. Does not feel good. Feels suspicious. Like, to him... She just died in front of him instead of died 900 years ago. It feels wrong. Yeah. I mean,
0: he doesn't seem broken up over it in the least. And it never comes back up. Like nobody ever like asks him how he's doing or anything. Like, Gedrin, you got to fall to your knees and say, why God, why or something. You know, like you're just meeting these people. You're making a bad first impression.
1: I don't know, man. You also need to be pretty careful around the guy who just turned his wife into wood filler. (laughs) Like not to ask him about his wood filler wife. (laughs) You know, that's a raw nerve.
0: Yeah. That's why, you know, like when he moves into his stateroom on Voyager, like he's, you know, taking his clothes out of the suitcase and he puts the ask me about my wood filler wife T-shirt at the bottom of the drawer because he's not ready to wear that yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gedrin is an interesting character and his portrayal is well done, but something's missing here. Something I was very interested in knowing more about.
0: He notices that Seven of Nine is a Borgs and he's like, you must recognize me. I'm a Vadoir. And
1: she's like, uh, I don't know her
0: <laughs> I don't know her
1: I love how Gedrin uses the pointed finger Like the witch pointed finger <laughs> You get a better look at Gedrin here And he looks like the dinosaur that took down Dennis Nedry in Jurassic Park <laughs> The Dilophosaurus? He's got Dilophosaurus neck, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he does look like a guy that would watch the stick that you threw but wouldn't actually <laughs> chase it, you know?
1: And no wonder you're extinct.
0: Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, they're like, hey, man, maybe you know something about this. There's these aliens called the Tarai and we were using their underspace tubes and uh, they got really mad at us and now they're like, you know, in orbit around this planet. We're hiding from them. And he's like, their tubes? Those are our tubes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, real argument about tubes is about to pop off here in this episode. We just don't know it yet. What we know for now is Gedren's hungry. Yeah. And in the mess hall, Neelix is there to serve. But what is Neel What is Neelix doing? You don't know what this guy's dietary restrictions are? <laughs> you come out here with a tray of food? You could kill somebody. Jaduar
0: are a species of alien that is unknown to the crew of Voyager. Therefore, more research about their dietary needs is necessary before Taffer can design a menu to fit this neighborhood.
1: Interesting patter between Gedrin and Neelix, right?
0: Yeah, because uh, he's he's like, "Oh, you're you're telexalize or whatever," and he's like, "Uh, I mean, that's like." My ancestors called themselves that, but we we have cut most of the non-X letters out of most of our words.
1: It's such an interesting angle to take with a past person that you don't get in, like the five-dollar carnival guitar group of people, or the uh, God, what's her name in the Voyager episode, the uh, the pilot who got lost. I can't, oh, I think fuck. her name. Fuck! Fuck! I don't remember, man. God damn it. My mind
0: is shattered.
1: Fucking hell. (laughs) Amelia Earhart. Okay. Fuck, I totally lost the thread of what I was going to argue for here. We're just really on the same page, aren't we?
0: We learned that um, in Talaxian, Vadoir is like an archaic term for fool. Mm-hmm. So, the, the <laughs> Gedrin comes from the
1: fool people. Neelix, what are you doing? I'm sure that it's uh, just a coincidence, of course. This is just classic Neelix stepping into this one. Yeah. He didn't
0: even step in it. He threw it. It's kind of like Kramer like always saying like the awkward thing directly to someone's face. Like you just say that to someone? Yeah. Oh, you must be like one of those old fools from back in the day.
1: It's an interesting moment because the ship's on the ground. We get to look out the window, seeing the ruins of the city. And Janeway's in this scene too. And and she's like, you still got a ton of gear under the surface. Yeah. What's up with all
0: that gear? And he's like, oh yeah, so like uh, we were going to sleep for five years because like all these guys were so jealous of our tubes and mm-hmm. we're going to like grind it out. I mean, he does say that it's like a battalion and their families. Yeah. specifically, but we're gonna ride it out and then we're gonna like get out of here, assuming that it, it would take them about five years for their you know fragile alliance to fall apart and everybody start bickering with each other over the tubes.
1: What we have are a lot of uh, a lot of soldiers down there in tubes and got all of their wives ended up being in tubes that were broken. and it's I mean I guess it's sad if it were possible for me to express sadness about such a thing yeah that yeah.
0: real weird, huh? I mean, like that's just how the rocks fell on the panels, you know? <laughs> it should appear to be
1: stupid. yeah,
0: spur of the moment. Weird that we situated those particular cryo chambers right under all the folly rocks.
1: It's almost like creating a, a federation starship bridge directly below a number of girders. <laughs> <laughs> weird.
0: Anyways, they don't have time to eat this big spread of beige food that Neelix has made for them because yeah. bombs start falling in the city ruin that they're looking out the window at.
1: Bombs over bad war! <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I don't have lyrics to that song.
0: One, two, three, it's on. Have you ever killed your wife in a cryo chamber? <laughs> They can't fire back because the same radiation that they're using to hide is obscuring their sensors. But he's like, oh, man, there's a sentry satellite that should be still in orbit. And we built these things to last. So I can get you the codes to access the
1: satellite. You guys can fire back. Like a blind person at an orgy. These are bangers that they can't see. (laughs) That's a naked gun joke. Uh don't come at me with your letters. Naked Gun did that first. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Adam, why couldn't he just be a person wearing an eye mask and an orangey?
1: Oh, yeah, O.J. Simpson was in the Naked Gun, so back in jail. (laughs) Back in jail over here. (laughs) They fire back, and they like disable
0: the lead chip, and the rest of the turais start kind of scattering, and he's like, Great, so uh, just uh, kill the rest of those guys and uh, we should be all set here. And they're like, what? And he's like, you're going to kill the rest of the Tarai so that they don't go back and get more guys. Gedron's like, you're going to kill
1: someone, aren't you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, weren't you wearing that same red sport coat in the last episode?
1: (laughs) Janeway's like... Well, at the end of a game of Mortal Kombat, I just let the other person wobble and then fall. (laughs) That is how I prefer to play it. Or I do babality. That's always fun. He's pretty shocked that they let the Tarai
0: go, but he's not shocked out of being willing to cut a deal with them. So they start talking about like these tubes and he's like, yeah, we've got like these underspace tubes are a great way to get around. They're way faster than warp travel. And we've got a map of them that's like super detailed. It was like, we were the envy of the galaxy in our day. And they kind of cut a deal. Like you guys will help us navigate out of here via tube and we'll help you resuscitate all of your warriors.
1: No one ever brings up the idea that these tubes are full of shit though. Janeway is like, I would love to be in the tubes, but are you going to clean them out first? (laughs) Maybe do like a master cleanse. We almost ran into a lot of
0: crud in the tubes. I hope you have cayenne pepper, lemon juice, and (laughs) maple syrup stocked away in those caves somewhere, because we are going to need to flush these tubes.
1: No one brings it up. They're like, yeah, all right, sign us up. Ready to ride! Got to get that. platinum. Get that. I've got to get that. platinum. now. Are you selling a heist? Gold. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com.
0: They go down to the Star Trek caves once again to start waking up the battalion and Chakotay gets to say the name of the episode.
1: Great moment for him. You probably need a couple of takes at this to not do the accidental smile saying the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. What a barn find down there, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Bunch of classic
0: Vador ships. And just cherry, you know, like... Yeah, really well maintained. Like they're, you know, like it doesn't seem like somebody's been coming in and running them. So the engines are probably going to
1: need some work. Hey, you know what the Vodwar should have done is put all the chambers under those ships. Whoa! The rocks fall on the ships; they're fine.
0: Nothing wrong with those. Well, I think what they did is they put a lot of the cryo chambers like under the ships, but like a couple of the ones with the wives were like just (laughs) to the side. You know. And that's where the damage happened.
1: No, it's actually better if you're not under the wing. Like, these ships are dangerous. You want some headroom, right? <laughs> Here, I'll put you in first. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Later on, we learn that 200 Vadoir soldiers are now awake and no wives. And all of them are pretty psyched about their dead, cowardly wives. Like, it's not just that they're dead. Yeah. But this idea that they might have been insufficiently brave for Gedren is brought up later. Yeah. It's a shame she didn't show more courage at the end.
0: With this civilization revived, the episode starts to feel real different, and we get a yeah. an interesting cut where Neelix, like, pokes his head in to check on Naomi Wildman, and Naomi Wildman is having a bad time. She has met some of these Vadwar kids.
1: I don't like them and I don't want to play with them. They're fools, Adam. Naomi finally realizes how unfun it is to play with her because (laughs) (laughs) that's what she feels for these other kids.
0: Yeah. I took them into my flotter game and they just
1: expanded
0: territory and killed all the characters.
1: How about Neelix getting off of a mess hall shift and going straight to Naomi Wildman's to not read her a bedtime story to tell her that he cannot. Yeah. He's a
0: great dude. She doesn't really want to like open up to him about what she's so upset about, but he kind of won't drop it until she
1: does. Well, I mean, that's a great point, right? Like the you cannot force a child to be friends with someone and that's a mistake that Neelix makes here. Yeah. Well,
0: and the reason she doesn't want to be friends with them is that they've said mean shit specifically about him. They hate Talaxians. Yeah. They've been raised to hate Talaxians. And he's like, I don't blame them. I mean, I'm very silly and I do have weird ears and like my feet, like don't even get me started on those.
1: I was just going to say, does Naomi not know about the foot situation? (laughs) (laughs) Because that seems like the thing you'd make fun of. Right, yeah.
0: yeah. It didn't come up when she was hanging out with the Vadwar kids.
1: <laughs> now, it doesn't feel good to be body shamed, and that's the feeling that Neelix is kind of obscuring from Naomi here.
0: Yeah. Later in engineering, one of the Vadwar is uh, really chatting up BLT. I would say almost hitting on her. Today is a good day to die. Has like learned a little bit of her language. And, like, really thinks that Klingons are cool
1: I mean, that's because it it's clear to him that BLT isn't in a relationship There's <laughs> no evidence for that at all this episode
0: Yeah, but she's not, like, totally charmed by this Because he's like, I'd love to, like, have you in a cryo chamber right next to mine But, like, <laughs> the, the wing of the ship isn't covering yours as much We're just another married couple trying to work things out
1: They're teamed up on the Revival Project, the project that serves to wake up everyone in these chambers. But it looks like what Revival Project BLT is on is reviving the moisture and bounce of her hair with some (laughs) elegant waves. She's rocking a brand new hairstyle here.
0: Yeah, she looks great.
1: Yeah, She can't
0: be charmed by this guy, even though he imagines death in a new way every night as he goes to sleep.
1: If only BLT had a stick to throw. Oh, wait, that wouldn't work against this guy. <laughs> she throws a tricorder across, <laughs> across the room. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> we kind of need that to do the work. But yeah, it's suspicious, right? This guy's interest in her. It doesn't read as professionally interested in who you're working with in order to build rapport. It's just no. like random
0: It reads as, like, I think Klingons are cool for the wrong reasons. Yeah.
1: I love how obsessed with death you are. (laughs) Let me tell you how obsessed we are. And then there's a whole lot of examples of that. Yeah. And she's like, how do you feel about eels, though? And he's like, "Mm."
0: (laughs) Yeah. Neelix is doing a little bit of etymology research and learns a little bit more about the word vadoir in old Talaxian.
1: He momentarily stumps the computer. He takes a seat in his recliner and he's, and he's like, computer. And then the computer interrupts him, like, Talaxian footstuff videos. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like 30 pages of them, like already cached and ready to go. Good guess,
0: good guess. <laughs> yeah, but I actually was going to search something else first.
1: I know what time it is, computer, and ordinarily this would be great for me. But (laughs) I need to be an ambassador right now Do you
0: think We know that they beam the pee and the poo out of you Do you think if you crank off on a ship It beams the ropes out of midair? I hate that question Or do you still have to have a gym sock? I mean there's so much carpet on this ship Exactly No wonder they have to ration replicator credits You know? people are stranded they've got to be cranking off a
1: ton the tale of the bloody hand a more awful question has never been asked on this show (laughs) (laughs) have you finally gone too far (laughs) they're rationing computer power Ben yeah true I don't think they can do that they're just beaming it into
0: a Nike shoebox for later (laughs)
1: Transfer complete. (laughs) That's what one of those bins in the cargo bay is. (laughs) It's just a giant, sloshy bucket of cum.
0: (laughs) I'm getting an email from Wendy that she tenders her resignation.
1: (laughs) She would have every right to. That was horrible. Horrible (laughs) moment in the history of the show. (laughs) Gedrin is in the ass lab looking
0: for new planets to colonize place to call home and you know like his understanding of what's around is 900 years old so seven is doing a lot of disabusing him of oh yeah that would be great like yeah you could go there except for you'd be living under the boot heel of a xenophobic
1: alien species good luck the energy here is straight out of like you finally get allowance money And you can get anything you want. And then you go to the candy aisle in the grocery store and like, all you can afford is shit. (laughs) It's
0: like Fig Newtons? Fuck! Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's nothing but Fig Newton planets (laughs) all the way down here. It sucks. Yeah. And you can read it on Gedrick's face. He's like, I killed my wife for this. This sucks. Man, this plan is actually bad. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Loki, one of the craziest things about being asleep for 900 years is like seeing all the territory that you used to have be gone. Mm -hmm. He's like, so the Borgs have all of this and the Devor also?
0: Yeah, she's like, them's the breaks. Yeah, and Then the other crazy thing about being asleep for 900 years is he looks at his Apple Watch and it says he only got like 45 minutes of deep (laughs) sleep. And he's like, really? That's it? Uh, is that,
1: like, good? Is that how much you're supposed to get? I don't know. I get no context for this data. We cut back to a shot of his tube, and it is just thrashed inside. Like, <laughs> 892 years of just rolling around constantly. <laughs> the light sleep of a roll-arounder. <laughs>
0: So uh, they have a McLaughlin group
1: Issue one
0: This is where they're coming up with the plan For getting everybody off planet And Voyager is really going to throw itself into the fray To help these people Because
1: they are not suspicious of these dudes yet You brought up something earlier I want to interrogate though Oh, okay Which is like that they've woken up 200 people And they've woken up potentially hundreds more There's a moment in this episode where they're outnumbered Yeah And that is such, like, I know I felt that watching this episode at that point. And it seems like you did too. And I think that in relation to this moment and like, why are we helping them? We don't even know them. Yeah. And there are so many, like it starts to feel less a choice and more something they're forced to do. And that really, it makes everything from this point more uncomfortable. It feels
0: a little bit naive that they're trusting the entire group based on what this one guy is telling them about the group, especially given how nonplussed he was to find that his wife looked like a bunch of joint compound when they opened her tube.
1: You told me eventually we'd be waking up strong female leads. (laughs) Where are they? And he's like,
0: yeah, our species doesn't have those because it's like, what would they say? Like, how do you write dialogue for them? Yeah.
1: It's not just that there are, you know, a dozen T-Ray ships in orbit. It's that there are more and more all the time. Yeah. They're going to need Gedron's fleet to help break out of this situation. And Tuvok's like, I got a plan for that. Yeah. We're going to use Voyager to surprise attack the T Ray. Yeah. And then that's going to give cover to the Vadvar ship so they can make for the log flume, after which Voyager will follow them in. It's a great idea, right? And Gedrick's like, pretty good idea, except we would like torpedoes on our ships too, because we don't want to just be hanging our dicks out there. Yeah. I mean, I can say that because we're an all-male species at this point. (laughs) We want some torpedoes up in here. And Janeway is like, no, hard no. And Gedrick is like, fine, no deal. We want torpedoes or nothing. And Janeway is like, fine, blow your shit up then. Blow our shit up. Yeah. I could do this any episode. Janeway does not,
0: Need to get back to earth Bad enough that she's going to Betray herself to these people
1: And yeah these people we barely know Yeah and are suspiciously Male
0: Gaul is the uh, Is like the military leader guy That has been thought out
1: what a bad Name for a military leader too You don't admire Gaul I admire Gaul (laughs) I don't admire (laughs) Gaul Attention Badwar citizens we're About to take off Seven
0: is feeling pretty good about this, but Neelix comes to her and is like, hey, so been looking into like old folk tales from my people and turns out Vadwar is a bad word for reasons that seem to be like all over the ancient folklore of my forebears. Can you like cross-reference that with any of the shit you know as a Borgs and see if there's anything that you know can corroborate this sneaking suspicion I have that
1: these are, are actually bad people. I know what you're thinking, Seven. All of these folk tales sound like the name of metal bands. But get past that. <laughs> start digging into whether or not any of this stuff is true. Yeah. I love the smash
0: cut here because we're in the captain's office with the captain and Gedrin, and he basically has some explaining to do, like, Seven and Neelix reported to the captain and the next scene is the result of that. And he's like, (laughs) yeah, I guess we weren't all nice explorer types. Some of us were doing expanding into and murdering of local star system kind of shit.
1: Our main computer did not delete the critical VADWAR theory files. (laughs) We know all about you. That was 900 years ago. But I can't ignore history, Mr. Gedron. And the story is almost exactly the opposite of what she'd heard, right? Yeah. It's that the Vadwar were the aggressors, and everyone banded together to destroy them because of how they used their log flume. The Vadwar have
0: been going around kind of in hushed tones conspiring with each other at this point. And... yeah. Janeway sees their evil plan to steal the Voyager coming from a fucking mile away.
1: She's like, I didn't wake up yesterday, you did. So often you get this A to B in a Star Trek episode where it's like you see the conspiracy happen and then you're like, well, it's up to the captain to have that conspiracy dropped on them and then deal with it in a consequential way, but it is great to see Janeway get out ahead of it and see it before it happens.
0: I thought this was awesome for Janeway and good for Chakotay. Like Chakotay is really advocating for like, we just got to keep our head on a swivel and watch these guys because like, we're continuing to try and help them. But now we need to sort of start to think about how we change up some of the terms of this agreement. And the first way they do is ask Gaul to deactivate the weapons on the ships that will not be participating in the surprise attack on the Sarai.
1: I want one of those. Oh, is that one of those uh, free cocktails?
0: Yeah, it's a free cocktail. Go get it.
1: Damn. I'm going to ride the bike after this. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking guy. I thought for a second he would try to wiggle out of this request, mm-hmm. but he blows it right back into Janeway. He's like, "No, fuck that. We're arming our ships," and Janeway's like, "Fine, we're rolling out without you." Yeah, I mean, he's not
0: wrong. Webs is the key.
1: Absolutely, we gotta have Webs.
0: So Janeway's like, "All right, we gotta go." Like we, you know, deal off, and they're getting ready to head out, and the Vadoir start attacking them.
1: This is like so many other Star Trek episodes. You want to see these fighter ships emerge from the hole in the ground. Yeah. Like you just feel the bangers. You don't see them. Right. And there's a bunch of them swarming at Voyager. What you do get effects wise is the Voyager takeoff scene. And this is really fun when you follow it through the ruins of the city and they're kind of dogfighting through it. Yeah.
0: The van ships are really small. They're like probably individual fighters. So they're sort of attacking the Voyager from the Mosquito's perspective.
1: You sort of understand how formidable they must have been almost 900 years ago if even now enough of them could take on Voyager, right?
0: Yeah. And like Voyager takes out a few, but there are so many ships yeah. that it's running the risk of overwhelming them. So Janeway does all she can do, which is switch sides and starts to parlay with the Tarai guy and ask if he'd be willing to, you know, look the other way on them having some data about the log flumes and help them get rid of these fucking Vadwar fools that are shooting their
1: butts. You could see by this guy's expression that he's pretty wry for a Tarai guy. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I guess you could say that. This about face means everything. Because by changing sides, things begin to look good strategically for the Vadwar. Even with this new alliance formed, they have the numbers. Gedrin makes
0: a really interesting choice here, which goes to sort of corroborate the thing he was saying to Janeway. Like, we're not all bad. This just was like... You know, the reputation of our people But he he decides to help Voyager get out of there So he and Tuvok go back to the Star Trek caves To give, like, tactical information to the Terai.
1: This is one of those Star Trek episodes That, like, breaks the geographical logic of things Because, like, you know the ship took off Yeah And you know we've beamed (laughs) Tuvok and this guy back to the surface Yeah With their shields up and also very far away. I guess. <laughs> and also, you can't burn a Tuvok on this mission. No. What What's Tuvok doing there? I don't know. Is he there to make sure that Gedrin does his side of the thing? That's sort of
0: all I could come up with. Yeah. You know, pretty soon, it's clear that the Tarai are getting the information and starting to drop bangers on the Star Trek caves themselves. And these fools, these Vadwar fools are, you know... Realizing that they they have hit a dead end, like their stupid asshole plan to like reconquer the galaxy is, you know, slipping through their fingers like so much sand.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: it's really backfired. There's some like fucking around with the impulse engines and like sucking irradiated gas into the front of the nacelles shit going on on the Voyager.
1: Yeah, it's not just about the deals that they can make with these species to leave the planet. It's that they actually have a problem with the ship. Yeah. So doing this business with the impulse engines makes escape even possible. Right. And as they go to warp, they they leave the space battle behind them in the rear view. It seems
0: when they get to space, a bunch of Vadoir were able to make it into the log flume ride, which is disturbing because 50-something ships of these assholes may be people that they have to run into again in the future.
1: Yep, it's not good. I mean, and as troubled as Janeway is by this, in her ready room, Seven shows up, and she feels responsible for the whole thing. She... Hit the button on the hatch that let Gedron out and started this whole process.
0: And Janeway's like, Seven, you did make a mistake, but I feel that smelling that fart was punishment enough. And that's the end
1: of the episode. Mm. Did you like this episode, Ben? You know, I'm really easy to get along with, most of the time. But I don't like bullying. I don't like threats, and I don't like you.
0: Yeah, definitely a couple of parts like not seeing the Vadoir ships coming out of the hole oh. felt a little bit like they cut a corner. It felt bigger and like more fully realized than I think an episode like this could have been in mm-hmm. previous iterations of Trek. And I thought it was pretty well written. Like I I think Kedrin's a really interesting character and and a really interesting puzzle for the Voyager crew to solve because he is more like them than the rest of his people. And so, like, I think that they kind of get a overly good first impression despite the fact that he isn't that sad about his wife looking like construction trash when
1: they open her tube. Yeah, I mean, Gedrin didn't kill his wife. I don't care! But... (laughs) You need that to be true in order for his about face to feel real, right? He can't be all the way evil because in the end he thinks he's saving the day, but then he gets smushed by a falling rock Yeah, and it's clear that, you know, his great plan didn't really work. Didn't work all the way anyway because all those ships got into the hill.
0: It sucks that like the worst of them got out, you know? (laughs) Like, if Gedrin is the best of them, like...
1: And yet, like, we're talking about genocide here, right? Like, do you want to ride for the Vadwar losing utterly at the end? Like, is that a good ending to this story? No, but it's
0: upsetting that, like, the most adaptable Vadoir are the ones that are, like, th- the worst of them, you know?
1: Right, yeah. I like the episode. It's a weird one. I mean... Voyager on the ground always seems to bring about an interesting series of events, you know? Yeah, yeah. A Voyager on ground episode (laughs) is a vibe. It sure is. You know what else is a vibe, Adam, is our
0: priority one inbox. I always love going and visiting it.
1: You wanna head there now? I'm gonna put myself on the ground in our priority one messages. Priority One message from Starfleet Coming in on secured channel Need a supplemental
0: income Supplemental income? Supplemental
1: Supplemental
0: Yeah, it's extra By the interest alone Could be enough to buy this ship
1: Then our first Priority One message Is from Rachel And it is to Addison That message goes like this Happy one year anniversary, my dearest Whoa I am writing this before our wedding But I have full faith that our love Is like that of Garrick and Bashir Janeway and coffee. (laughs) Thank you for putting a smile on my face each and every day. I'm so excited to be spending a lifetime with you filled with adventure, laughter, D&D, and of course, Trek. Aww. The requested date is the seventh, which would seem to mean that maybe the wedding is still ahead. Is that the wedding date?
0: I think this is the one year anniversary. So they presumably got married on the seventh in 2022. Wow. And we're like four days early for their anniversary. So uh,
1: amazing.
0: Yeah. I hope Addison didn't get around to this episode of Greatest Gen till like a little bit later in the week. And we're actually nailing it.
1: Try to imagine <laughs> a bride on her wedding day, knowing what you know about how many things a bride needs to do on their wedding day, mm-hmm. taking the time out to go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. (laughs) (laughs) Filling out a priority one message. Yeah. Just imagine that.
0: That is the most romantic thing I can imagine. Addison, you better fucking knock it out the park with this
1: bouquet on your first wedding anniversary because Rachel really did it right. Rachel's cool as hell, but let me tell you something. The bridesmaids that permitted that to happen... (laughs) Also extremely cool. Yeah,
0: that's pretty good stuff. Adam, our next priority one message is from Babies2. to She Who Is My Wife. It goes like this. Happy birthday and or anniversary. Hmm. I love you so much. And my nerd loves your nerd so much. So as a special treat, here's where I hope Ben and Adam will do their Kern singing slash saying the theme song from Sesame Street. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, babies, too. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Oh, That's fuck. the That's Reading the- Rainbow God damn it. song. I do not remember
1: which PBS children's show this song goes to. <laughs> the only thing I do know is that these programs are made possible by viewers <laughs> like me and the letter L.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. Another anniversary or birthday, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the uh, birthday would be four eleven, and the anniversary would be 7-5. Yeah, we're right on top of that anniversary date. So we did it again, right on time. Amazing. We're
0: doing awesome here with the Jumbotrons. <laughs> and if you want us to do awesome with your Jumbotron, head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and get one today.
1: Jumbotron, Jumbotron, Jumbotron. Hey, Adam. What's that, Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk, drunk Shimoda. Shimoda! Ben, this episode was nominated for an Emmy Award for outstanding hairstyling in a series. Wow. And the only reason I can think that it was nominated was BLT's hair, right? (laughs) Is that the only unusual hairstyle that we see? Because I don't feel like... The Vadoir have pretty intense hair. The Vadoir hair isn't too exotic as Star Trek aliens go, right? I mean, it's
0: kind of like a... It's like... What's that called? That, like, French bun... That like goes kind of vertical style.
1: Try to imagine you're the hairstylist on this show and and you're you pick up the phone. It's the Emmy Award committee. Uh, oh yeah, calling from Stockholm at like 4 a.m. Congratulations! <laughs> You've been nominated for an Emmy Award. Ben, whose hairstyling do you think it's for? You gotta assume BLT, right? I assume BLT. She looks great. The hairstylist for this episode is my drunk Shimoda. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's a very confusing phone call, I think. Yeah.
0: Mine's seven just for opening the opening the box, you know. Yeah. You gotta be careful around those tubes. You do. Scan for fucking pathogens before you open it, right?
1: Also, I mean, Gedrin should have probably wiped the frost off of his wife's tube before they opened it, right? Yeah. Like you don't just go straight to open. This is why there's a law about wiping the frost off of the tube. You know, interestingly, Seven wipes the frost off of the panel.
0: Yeah. There's that computer panel in the back of the tube, and she wipes the the frost off that. What do you, that's not where you wipe. No. Nope. You you know what you do, Adam? (laughs) You wipe front to
1: back. You do. You have to. You can experiment with other ways, but there's really only one way. There's only one way. Yeah. Only one way to wipe on this show. Adam, why don't you
0: head to gach.biz game and find out what way we'll be wiping next episode. Well, I tell you about it. It's season six, episode eight, one small step, a subspace anomaly leads to the discovery of a 21st century space shuttle lost on a mission to Mars.
1: A space shuttle? On this show? Lost on a mission to Mars.
0: Ah, oh, fuck you, Mars.
1: Then the runabout at the Game of Buttholes, the will of the caretaker, pulses comfortably mm. on square 50. What's out ahead, you ask? Well, on square 54, we've got a Canar with Damar episode. And on square 56 lies the caretaker. And the caretaker square takes us to any square on the board. If I rolled a six. Dang. Who knows what would happen then? Wow. We could even land on a special square. Yeah. We if could, I did that. We could land anywhere.
0: You're required to learn as you play. Roll.
1: All right. So with that being said, I'm going to roll the die. Ben, I've rolled a one. We're on square 51. Too long. Did I win? Hardly. Those same special squares remain out ahead. And it's a regular old episode for you and me. Okay. All right? All right. Well, uh, this has been a ton of fun, Adam. Friends of DeSoto have learned how to wipe this episode. They didn't mm-hmm. know already.
0: Mm-hmm. We learned important new headcanon about the transporter system. Oh. <laughs> I...
1: I had forgotten about that. <laughs> I will never forget it now.
0: Yeah, you can't unrecover this memory. This is this is going to be in the front of your mind for the rest of your life.
1: If you have a strong feeling about that kind of humor, support it financially. maximumfundorg slash join. That's how you make sure this show, this whole operation continues to operate. Yeah. That's how you say that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't,
0: I don't know, leave a really bad review on Apple Podcasts or something.
1: How about new?
0: I mean, we wish you wouldn't, but we would would understand.
1: Don't ever do that. Wendy, if you can only delete one part of this episode, delete that. Keep all of the (laughs) (laughs) transporter ropes in, if that's all you have time to do. We got to thank Wendy
0: Pretty, the intrepid producer of this program, who subjects her precious ear holes to all of this garbage before it even goes to air and uh, does a great job she loves this shit she yeah. loves it yeah. she does such fucking great work and we really are lucky to have her uh, we are also lucky to have the car daddy Bill Tilly who runs the social media accounts at Greatest Trek all over the internet gotta thank Nick Dittmore who made our show art Adam Ragusia, who made our original theme music on the model of Dark Materia, who made the original Picard song. Hey, check out Adam Ragusea's uh, podcast. It's fucking great. I listen every week.
1: Every week. Guy brings it. Even when he talks about a
0: band I don't know anything about, I'll listen to that shit.
1: Yeah, you have to.
0: With that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager. And an episode of the Greatest Generation Voyager that is probably also way off course. Make Make of the it so.
1: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience supported.